Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I keep making jokes about airports at the moment. I went to see a doctor and he said it's probably terminal. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice and simple. After last week's controversy, I thought it was go back to nice and simple. Controversy, debacle, don't you mean? Well, okay, let's not let's not, th- let's not throw words around that we'll come to regret later. Strong, a debacle. Wow, I might. God, I, I wasn't expecting that kind of that kind of insult to be thrown my way. <laughs> well, the good news is I feel comfortable doing that because you're going to get a good score today, Nate. Okay, um, bless good. you, Meadows, because I know that you just sneeze, and I like to. It's the whole point of muting a microphone, so nobody would know, but all right. Um, Nate, I'm going to give you an 8.7. Okay. I really liked That's it. Good. I liked um, I liked how short it was, but I also liked how topical it was, because obviously everyone was yes. complaining about Amsterdam Schiphol Airport, weren't they? So I like the fact that you've linked in exactly. to that. Exactly that. Exactly that. So, yeah, we're back with a bang. Welcome to the Paddock, a podcast featuring stories following Formula One around the world. I'm Lawrence Bretto, F1 correspondent and presenter. I'm Chris Medland, F1 correspondent at Racer. And I'm Nate Saunders from ESPN. I always feel like you struggle with your own job title, <laughs> Great way to start. I still haven't got used to, because it's changed for the first time in ages, which order the words go, like which one goes first, correspondent or presenter. But also, because I know you're a correspondent, I, I don't want to leave correspondent second, so then it just sounds like correspondent, correspondent, if that makes sense. But you, wow. always, you always stutter on the same word. I think, word. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's done it again. <laughs> He's done it again, everyone. Oh, dear. This is the quality that people come here for, by the way. Yeah. I'm talking about quality. I want to flag that I feel like we all sound pretty croaky. And that is because it is very early in the morning for all of us. Well, Well, and it's it's week two, week three of a triple header. My body feels absolutely dead. And I've only done one of the races. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't do, I didn't do Belgium. Good point. But then were you caught up in any flight debacles? I wasn't in the end. I changed my travel plans because I didn't want to be part of that. So I changed changed everything around. So I flew back Tuesday, not Monday. I came back Tuesday, not Monday. So Smart. Uh, yes, but yeah, it looks inc- incredibly stressful. Schiphol Airport. I don't know if anyone's planning to go to Amsterdam anytime soon, but if you're going to Schiphol Airport, give yourself about seven days <laughs> for, the secu- for, the, for the security queue uh, because you'll probably need all of them. Uh, yeah. What about you, Lawrence? Did you? fly out yeah and no, did you have a private plane no <laughs> no i was i was flying commercially. i was on a fly b propeller plane 
I cannot believe that propeller planes are still in commercial service. So it's very exciting. I enjoyed it. Ooh, um, I thought there was going to be a cutting cutting analysis of the uh, aviation industry. There. No, I loved it. Yeah. I loved the propeller oh, right. plane. I'm oh, pro more propeller planes. Um, are they? Oh, that's a shame. I thought you were going to. Gonna rant about Flybees, <laughs> Flybees' beautiful fleet of um, of, of, <laughs> of planes like that. No, no, no. I'm all I'm all positive today, Nate. All positive. I've flown one of those before with Flybee. I went from Charles de Gaulle to Exeter, I think it was. I had a friend's wedding down in uh, I think it was during a race weekend. But I remember it is absolutely terrifying if you're sat anywhere. Well, if you sat anywhere on the plane <laughs> because it was windy and you're just being thrown around in this plane, you're like, I don't think this plane's going to make it to the other end. But that's what I quite enjoyed is that you felt the whole flight. I think these days planes are so good that you barely feel the landing, you barely feel the takeoff. This one, you feel like you're shuddering as you're going up and then he had a massive tank slapper as he landed and then caught it. It was very exciting. I enjoyed it anyway. You sound like, you sound like an F1 driver who's like, I just want to race in 1980s <laughs> yeah. None of these today are too good. They're too good now. They stick yeah. to the road. <laughs> I want ones that throw around and, you know. <laughs> but I agree, though. Those, those those planes are pretty fun. I prefer a plane where where it... Well, I don't know if I'm going to make it to the end and there's that element Where there's a jeopardy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> None of this boring, oh, you'll safely survive this flight, Lark. I need something that I don't know. Um um, yeah so but to answer well, your initial question yeah it was fine um we had maybe it took us about an hour to get through security but when we were driving in we weren't one of the, we didn't have to go in the queue that was queuing way out of the um airport so we must have just gone through a different zone in the airport because there was one queue that they put tents out and they were just queuing along the lane so i felt bad for anyone in that so we were just really lucky i think got away got away before it got really bad on monday that's the one that yeah a lot of people were complaining about uh, I'm. I was smug because I used the train again for it. Um, it's very sustainable. It's the more green, yeah, the more green option, which isn't well, actually that's... why I did it, but um, it is a nice um, kind of byproduct. But just from my apartment to certainly for Amsterdam, because you go into the centre of Amsterdam, into the station that we used to get to the racetrack, it was exactly the same time basically from door to door, and just a lot more chilled to do it on the train. So I, I did it on the train. That's what I changed my plans to. So you might have heard earlier, I corrected myself when I flew back. So I came back Tuesday. Um, I, yeah, I called my called our travel company up and I was just like, is there a way I can get on the Eurostar? And uh, th- yeah, there was. And it's just beautiful. You just sit there and that's it. You don't have to, <laughs> you, you know, like, it's so comfortable. It's so nice. So yeah, train is definitely the way. It's just a shame they don't do a train from here to Austin. Um, <laughs> yeah. It would take some time. <laughs> It would be a pretty impressive train as well. Like, I don't know where, I don't know, you know, if you broke down halfway to, halfway in the tunnel, like you'd be a little bit stuffed, wouldn't you? So, the Padhock, sponsored to you by trains. Trains. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, trains and the aviation chat that we had with uh, with with Lawrence. Let's just yeah, become an true. aviation industry <laughs> podcast. One day we should do a podcast on a train. Oh, that's a good idea. On a plane, yeah. On a plane, yeah. Why have we not done we that? We do should it. try and we get on a plane. We should do that. We can actually we should do ask, one on a plane, yeah. We should ask British Airways if we can do it from the cockpit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got to start high. You've got to. You've got to you know, <laughs> then they start say no. high on a plane. Yeah. I like nice. it. Then they say no inevitably, and then you're like, okay. Counterpoint: Can we just do it in our seats? And I'm like, of course you can. I'm like, yes, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> Excellent bargain. Yeah, yeah we're like. Well, we won that. Well, um, yes. speaking of winners, should we hear who won the uh, Dutch Grand Prix courtesy of Nate Saunders? You'll never guess who it was. If you 
only got one minute to spare Wanna know who finished when and where Sit back, relax, cause we got you Here's Nate with the 60 second review Hello, this is the review of the Dutch Grand Prix. Let's get into it. First position, I mean, we don't, we know this by now, don't we? It's Max, 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 Super Max, 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 Techno, 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 all over the place, all weekend, in your brain. Second position, everybody's favourite Thunderbird, George Russell. Chuck Lecluck in third, not quite sure how that happened. Lewis Hamilton in fourth. He was livid, livid, man. Perez in fifth, Alonso in sixth. Norris up in seventh, pretty good. Science in eighth. Now, a little maths lesson for everybody. Eighth is four plus four, right? Eight is four plus four. A Formula One car, coincidentally, is supposed to have four tyres on it. Now, I'm just going to leave that there. But next time you're watching an F1 race, you've got to remember that, Ferrari. Okay, four is the magic number, not three. Five, that's also wrong. Don't put five tyres on his car. Put four on at the same time. Uh, Ocon in ninth, didn't do too well compared to Alonso. Stroll in tenth. Hello, man. Mr. Stroll. Mr. Lance, uh, I've missed out everybody else, but there was a lot of sadness lower down, which I don't want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that. So I got, I got, as is the case often with those reviews, I got sidetracked by talking about something about Ferrari. So, <laughs> yeah, um, impressive though. Good. I like the way you have made that stick. I don't yes. think they'll forget that now. Good. Um, yes, that was, I, I, that was I very helpful. Yeah. Well, well, it's just you know, I feel like it's just a helpful. A helpful way to way of remembering it, isn't it? You know, not three, not five, but four. I'll come up with a jingle for it next week. We'll come up with a little rhyme. <laughs> we'll get another jingle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yes, another um, one. It was a little bit tragic watching that happen, just because it was another Ferrari error, and I've, I'm it started to get really depressing because each time you then Starting feel a bit bad. Well, you no, know, but you know what I mean? Like, you can feel a bit bad each time you're kind of piling on where it's like, oh, they yeah. made another mistake. I generally didn't really have the energy to kind of heavily criticise. It was just kind of like, oh, yeah, Ferrari. I did notice that. I think that was the case. Like, everyone was like, oh, my God, that pit stop was a disaster. And then Science had a pretty, pretty nightmare race. Like, it was, it was like he was trying to collect every penalty and thing under the sun, basically, at one point. And we were just all like, well... At least Mercedes are taking a to Red Bull at the front. I think I think everyone was just so over it, and they were so like, right, well, let's see an actual, you know, an actually, well, like Mercedes go to the front and fight fight Red Bull. Um, I did notice the apathy with it. Hopefully, that's not the same in Monza. It'd be quite sad if people were apathetic about a Ferrari at Monza. That would be a quite embarrassing situation. You're right though, because yeah, because Charles wasn't really in the fight after the first yeah t- ten laps. Once he started to drop away, and then you didn't even really notice that he was completely out of it compared to the Mercs you just like you say focused on the Mercs but yeah Science. I still wonder how Science got away with that um, yellow flag overtake mm. I think he said to you Lawrence after the race he was like oh yeah I just managed to fix that by giving the place back but I don't really remember that you used to be able to break a rule like overtake under a yellow flag and just rectify it by giving the place back it's the danger of ignoring the yellow flag and making over you know not seeing it or ignoring it and making an overtaking move not that i want to pile on even more on science <laughs> that day but give him like, a break I was, yeah i was so surprised that it wasn't investigated or there was nothing on that because that's a proper dangerous situation isn't it he's trying to go down the inside of another driver heading for a car that stopped on the inside so I know it all worked out fine but the whole reason of a yellow flag is to stop that sort of thing happening and the driver has to see it it just anyway yeah, it surprised me that that wasn't looked at harder. But maybe the FIA were like us and were like, oh, just never mind, they've had a shocker. Uh, yeah, I wonder whether there were just so many things going on. Because there, there was a little bit of a delay, I think, in them giving the penalty 
for the unsafe release. And I just wondered whether they just had too much going on that by the time that they got to that, they kind of thought, well, we've had, we've given it as much time as we can do. We've decided not to. Let's move on to the next one. Because I guess there is a push, isn't there, to try and get penalties um, sorted in the race rather than adding them after the race. So I suppose the quicker you can try. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying. None of us we, know, Lawrence. I've just tried None to understand None of us know anymore. It. Just trying to understand Stop trying to it. pretend there's rhyme or reason to it. Let's just <laughs> None. Run. Just run with it. I like, I like, I actually quite like the randomness of like, is that a penalty today? <laughs> yeah. what's, what's this going to be? You know, I, I, I do like that they, yeah, they, they seem to be erring on the side of let's not penalise. But yeah, you're, you're just like, so, okay, what do we... Spin do? the roulette wheel and see. Yeah, they should do uh, that with it. That would yeah. be a fun way of doing it. You're like, you're like, you get... <clears throat> A five-second penalty. You get a ten-second penalty. Oh, you've had your energy no. bills paid for. <laughs> like on, <laughs> yeah. like, like on, on, the, on the, what's it called? Um, this morning. Oscar, this morning, yeah. That wasn't me mocking. For people who haven't seen that, that sounded like a very callous joke. But there was, a, there was a, a talk show in the UK with a roulette wheel, and they were offering, they were like, you know, it's like, oh, we can give you a thousand pounds or two thousand pounds, or we can pay your energy bills for four months. And so people were having to watch their, like, potential energy bills be paid oh, very callous very very callous anyway because for anyone who's also not in the uk uh, there's an energy bill crisis here and lots of people probably won't get through the winter without having to turn off all their heating and things because they can't afford to pay their bills yes. so it's not the best taste to make a joke about that as a game show but yeah that's what philip schofield and holly willoughby were doing and monsters he... <laughs> monsters <laughs> monsters both i say um you see, they normally seem to be lovely people yeah, anyway, the, the monsters within have come out <laughs> laid bare. I'm going to take this opportunity, actually, to to segue from the fact we're talking about Holly Willoughby <laughs> and Philip Schofield being and the the monsters. And yeah, the uh, probably explains the review that is top of our reviews list from uh, Pixteca, which is probably not how you say it, in Mexico. Gave us one star. It says, not one nearly star. as good as other F1 podcasts. And then the content says, WTF, this is so bad. Um, and <laughs> Wow. I mean, to be fair... Yeah, I can't us, really he disagree. Us, he gave us one star, and he's right, so... Or, or she. He or she. Sorry, sorry, yes. Pronouns, my bad. Um, they, <laughs> they are probably right. Um, now, I think they need to read the previous one that came in from Lauren Alexis 9, who's in the US of A, uh, who gave us five stars. It says, great pod. So, I mean, copy that. But more for the... Uh, reason which says fun podcast with some journalist gents who don't take themselves too seriously uh, a must listen if you enjoy f1 and looking for entertainment between races yeah when we're, i'm really sorry pickstecker it's they do not come to us on this podcast if you want insight and quality if you want to know what's going on on this morning we will um yeah. dissect that as much as we will a grand prix but um yeah so it, if you were looking for a serious f1 pod we're sorry to let you down because we don't offer that I think that's one of our big strengths, isn't it, as a group, is our kind of grasp of the British morning TV scene um, mm. and just what's going on on that show. I think it's um, Beretto's future, to be honest. Beretto's gone. Beretto, I think Beretto's shut down. He looks like he's, <laughs> he doesn't know what to he, do. He couldn't handle a, a one-star review. I, I've got another five-star one, if you if that would help you. I am still reeling from the one-star review. Um, I, I won't lie, I, I'm surprised we don't get more for what we do. I, yeah, I'm... I'm 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 surprised as well, but honestly, Lawrence, this is a this is an insight into my world. You know, when you say, "Oh, Nate, that joke was a six. Oh no, this is the crushing, the crushing heartbreak. Yeah. So you suggest maybe I'm too harsh on you, Nate. 
You've given me... Well, I mean, I don't want you to give me all nines. I mean, that would be great. Well, you but, want you know, all 10s, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But, you know, I'm just saying, it's a little insight into into the poor world of Nate. You know, I slave okay. away at those jokes for upwards of 10 seconds of searching the internet before we start a show. <laughs> and I am so infrequently rewarded for that that I feel sad. Okay, so I'm going to go away and think about... Just you, just you bear that in mind next yeah, time you're thinking of... I'm getting any any number lower than the, the nine point nine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll give you a little pick pick me up with a, another five star review just to finish this off because we didn't get many because we disappeared, didn't we, over the summer break? Um, but there's a five star review from Beau Poet in Great Britain, but the uh, title of the review is perplexed, oh. and it says, "Great podcast, guys. I hope you can answer one question." Are all F1 journalists able to punch so far above their weight as much as Chris? Just how did his relationship with Jess start? <laughs> Bravo, Chris. Perplexing as Jess is a te- intelligent, witty, and beautiful. What's the secret? Um, wow. That, I mean, man, I, that is a pretty insulting message about you because it's, I, suggesting, it. it's suggesting you're none of those things, I, I think. Indeed. Um, um, which you regularly do, Nate, so it's fine. I'm used to it. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, mate. But um, I mean, I, I, I don't want to comment on that. That's a bit mean. <laughs> I mean, um, I feel like we've had train chat, plane chat, and energy crisis chat. So we may as well have some relationship chat. We need, yeah. <laughs> this is like that. Yeah, movie. we did the sixty-second review. That's enough F one for today. Yeah, it's like it's like that movie with John Candy. You know, planes, trains, and relationships. <laughs> <laughs> Great film. Oh, uh, John Candy, um, Uncle Buck. What a movie, mate! Absolute legends. Absolute legends. Love that man. Um, Agreed. Yeah. On that uh, note, shall we talk about Zanvor? <laughs> Yeah, shall, let us. Yeah, let us do I've, it. I've got a question to lead into Zamvort. Uh, Lawrence Barreto, how did your special bespoke Zamvort shoes go down? <laughs> because you had some orange, sensational Nike shoes, I think. Yeah, um, Air Force Ones. Um, so wow. right. um, the great chap that creates some of the shoes that I wear, um, Michelle, um, he runs a company called Maison Marone. He um, painted me a set of black and orange shoes and to give you an idea of the level of detail on these shoes it, it on the nike tick which was orange which actually glows in the dark 16 layers he had to put on to make sure he got the right hint or uh, right tone of orange so it was about six hours work over two weeks that he put in to, to paint in these shoes and um, so i thank him very much i actually got to meet him for the first time which was cool because he lives in Am- in, uh, in the netherlands and so he got the train down to zambor and we caught up and um, he handed over the shoes personally. So that was pretty cool. And um, wow. so, yeah, thank you. That was my, the third set of shoes in that line in the Lawrence Barreto range. Um, so... <laughs> Did you just really <laughs> call it the Lawrence Barreto range? Yeah, that's because oh. that's, it, that's what it is. They've all got my initials on. And they are available to buy, should you wish them. Wish to. Uh, oh, so that bit's cool. Um, <laughs> so, I just want to just point Nate's disdain on his face was brilliant he just, I, he, he, he's wondering how he got here sitting on a podcast that brands itself formula one and is advertising the Lawrence Barreto range of sorry, shoes no that was actually just i don't have a very good resting face um i was just i was just checking a message quickly not that i wasn't listening i was, listening <laughs> That's even worse. I, was I was no i was i was almost listening too much you know i was giving it so much attention that i was like i have to I have to divert some of my attention away from this, otherwise I'm going to be sucked into my to my laptop uh, because I'm because I'm paying so much attention to the story. So okay. it was not okay. it was not insulting. I'm going to leave. Talking about, you were talking about how you got an Air Force One 
and you feel <laughs> I'm um, I'm going to leave you in this hole briefly, Nate, and just briefly talk oh, about <laughs> why I thought um, the Netherlands was great. I thought it was brilliant this race. I love it. Um, I don't know how you guys yeah, feel, same, but I stay same. in Zan- I stayed in Zandvoort again. I didn't have the room with the disco ball again this year. Um, oh. and the disco ball and the sauna. Um, so I, I was downgraded to a villa. But um, they... oh, the writing's on the wall, mate. <laughs> I, I just, I just, something else. I just, of course. Um, that it... range better. That <laughs> yeah, range better come in for you because you're gonna have no income from F1 soon. Oh no, no, no. There are also the irony is, and it shows how good at business I am. I don't get anything from this range. So um, oh, but... good. I might buy some. <laughs> yeah, charming. <laughs> thanks. Um, I loved the atmosphere i love that people were kind of partying from 8 a.m in the morning till 10 p.m at night i thought it was a really great atmosphere in the bars restaurants um along the beach along the weekend i thought it was great atmosphere in the stands i had super max in my head within 15 seconds of being in the circuit on thursday and it didn't leave Same, yeah. it didn't leave um until i was amazed at just their their stamina basically to just sing all day long it was incredible yeah. In the sun as well, like they never take any break from the sun. There's no shade anywhere. I have a great story about Supermax actually that's just popped into my head. Um, so on uh, <clears throat> Sunday morning, well, no, well, it wasn't morning. It was kind of it was about an hour before the race. The drivers were just coming back from the drivers' parade. And um, for anybody who doesn't know, the paddock in Zandvoort is weird. It's kind of a li- you know it's kind of split away from. There's like a weird, basically a weird path, isn't there, to get to the track? And they're all coming back on their scooters from the. Um, from the driver's parade and I was walking from the paddock back towards the media center and through the gates, as I was walking through, a few of the drivers were coming. I think Vettel went past me first and then I saw Alonso coming past and the crowd were singing Max, 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 Supermax. And he was singing it to himself. <laughs> and he saw me, he saw me see him sing it. And I like kind of smirked at him and he smiled back and just nodded and was going like Max, 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 Supermax, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. And I looked around like, did anyone see that? And there was like nobody, nobody around. I was like, no cameras or anything. It was crazy, but yeah, he was having a great time. He was loving it. That's um, that's a shame. No cameras were there to capture it because there were cameras around to capture another moment you had about an hour later on the grid that yes. was quite sensational. Yeah, I went to talk to Zach Brown um, just about a few things. Uh, he wasn't happy with something I wrote earlier on in the summer break, uh, but the, yeah, the cameras caught it, and it looks like we're squaring off for a, <laughs> a boxing match. But um, it all went it all went fine, and we're not boxing. It's it's all good. But um, yeah, I turned around and then Meadows was right there waiting to interview him. So <laughs> I gave you like a knowing nod, like, well done, lad. Yeah, yeah, you're um, like, yes. And now it's my yeah. turn. It was yeah. good because I know you said that was um, you were going to have to like seek him out and be like, right, we're going to talk about this. But yeah. I love that someone got a photo. And yeah, Zach's face, he's kind of he's staring at Nate, whatever Nate's saying. You can see he's just kind of like, I'm not a bit like Nate was just naturally. He's like, I'm not listening. I'm zoned <laughs> out. Like, I don't care what you have to say. Yeah. Um, but he did, because obviously you guys talked for a long time. But at that precise moment, the photo's taken. We'll have to try and dig it out. It, it'll only be a link to an agency, but um, I'm not sure who got it. Was it Getty or? It was a Getty image, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, and it's a good, it's a good shot of Zach. I can see, I can see a website at some point using that for like a feature with Zach Brown because he's, he's not got, happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he's got like a very you know, stern face on. So um, you'll see a little beard in the corner of the picture. That that beard that belongs to me. It's on my face as we speak the same beard you see in that photo that was it was a pretty special moment it was yes yeah. so there you go two two moments within within 90 minutes of each other that were very entertaining it was wild I, my supermax moment that was uh memorable happened on i think thursday morning but it might have been friday uh, i can't remember which of the two it was but it was i was queuing for the train in amsterdam and um 
it was like really quiet because it's quite early and everyone just stood there just shuffling forward slowly not really making a lot of noise then this one guy just over my right shoulder quietly to himself started going max 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 <laughs> super max max yeah. super super max max and it was kind of depressing like i felt sorry i was like are you okay mate you, there was no energy to it it genuinely was like it just crept into his head and he couldn't be he, he could tell that the the moment didn't call for him to go crazy but he's like i still, I've gotta let it out so it's just kind of like subtly singing along but like um, the spirit grabbed him and took him in that moment <laughs> yeah <laughs> well the rhythm's always going to get you isn't it ultimately so <clears throat> uh, it was um non-stop the, wasn't it there yeah that is the thing and i spoke to some people that i know who came from the uk and they said it does get a bit overbearing you know when you're in there and it's just constant and i was at a, was at a music festival in in the summer and it is it is funny when you're around constant music all the time when you finally get away from it you're like oh my god that was so that was a lot um so yeah um but no it's great and uh just a shame we didn't hear mama louder at any point but um why didn't you just break into song mate I tried, I, honestly, mate. I tried, but people just weren't having it in the media oh. centre. They were like, they looked up at me and they kind of spat, <laughs> and they threw, they threw, they threw strobofuls at me, they threw clogs at me, all sorts of Dutch things. I mean, and they do that they, anyway, though, don't they? So yeah, but th- they're not always Dutch things. <laughs> <laughs> they're just, they're just itemized things that are itemized to the, you know, the local area. Itemized the local area? What am I saying? I don't understand. I don't, I don't know. That's, I that, don't know. That's another reason for that one-star review, to be fair. But let's um, um, let's do some more actual F1 chat. And Meadows actually had some proper news after the race. He had a chat to Helmut Marco, didn't you? And Helmut I Marco did. actually told you things. That's the weird bit. I mean, you can ask him questions. He do not always get answers. But I um I waited because he was doing a little scrum with um, mainly Dutch and French journalists. But it was in English. So I was like, oh, I should maybe be recording this. But I needed him on air for radio so i waited um between in a very small gap between this little scrum and the red bull motome and just said oh can i grab a couple of questions he was like sure and first one was about max and the win and how well red bull's kind of performing at the moment um and the threat for mercedes and i was like well i've got to ask you because you've got all of america pretty excited right now I was like what's uh what's the latest uh around colton herter and he basically was like yeah like he's yeah, we want him and if the fia will give us a super license we think there's grounds for it and hopefully we'll know soon by monza and i was like really that soon he's like yeah and i was like so does that mean pierre going to alpine as well and he's like yeah astonishingly all the parties involved have agreed like what needs to happen we just need to wait for the final decision i was like great thanks and you know when it ends and you're like part of you's like is that can i take that as, <laughs> as it was said like was that as legitimate as it sounded but of course because you've got it recorded as well it was perfect just play it out and i know helmet can sometimes either jump the gun or um just be maybe saying things that red bull don't want him saying and that sort of thing but in this case he was being just brutally honest but i think it's also showing that it's not certain that her to get a super license because red bull are happy for the pressure to come externally on you know we want to do this let's do it um look at all the fans that want it to happen to and that sort of thing He's a clever guy, isn't he? He knows what he's saying. He knows when he's saying it. And um, <laughs> Unlike Nate. And, <laughs> and so, like, Helmut's often said things at a time to, like you said, public, not public pressure, but just kind of get it out there and kind of get a swell of support, perhaps. Um, and he's obviously not the only one who does that. So um, I'm interested to see what the F are going to do about it. Like, are they going to give him the, um, the dispensation um, to let him race? It's caused a hell of a fuss, hasn't it, on uh, social mm-hmm. media? A lot of people who care very deeply about it. But um, I think it, I mean, it would be great if Colton Hurts could race. It's just a shame they're going to have to break their rules to do it. It looks a bit silly. 
But I mean, that doesn't mean I don't want him in. In it, IndyCar probably needs more points. So if people are not listening, you get points in other championships where you where you finish. If you don't know, um, in other championships, and that you need you need forty to get into Formula One. Hurt has thirty six. 32. 32. And by the end of the year, he's not going to have enough, uh, regardless of where he finishes. Well, he can't finish high enough in IndyCar to get the points he needs uh, mm. to get the 40. So he won't have a super license. And um, I think that's the crux of it, really, isn't it? Like, does IndyCar deserve more points? It probably does. I think somebody, I think it was Tomo, who has a YouTube channel, which is which is very good, um, said uh, if IndyCar was weighted the same as F2, he'd easily be in. He'd have like 62 points. So. Yeah. It's a it's it's a much deeper question, lads. A much deeper psycholo- um not psychological question. Yeah, psychological question. A deeper moral issue at the heart of Formula One. Um, yeah, but- it's the problem is some people are looking at that Herter is now some or that people are saying that he's some um, absolute superstar who's going to win the championship and be one yeah. of the best drivers we've ever seen. And obviously, no one's saying that. It's just that his results over the last four years are plenty good enough to be looked at by an f1 team and get a chance to drive an f1 car and the super license structure at the moment kind of blocks it when it should be allowing it um and it's not that because they obviously want the ladder so people go into junior categories and that's why f3 and f2 and f4 even get so many points but with indycar if you win the title you get 14 you get a super license great if you're second you get 30 so you're most of the way there but from third down you get 20 for third which means you need back-to-back top threes in the championship in a spec series which is hard to do that's the point it's not like f1 where if you're in a one of the top two teams that's you know essentially you're guaranteed a top three or top four championship finish each year you've got to like really scrap for each time and he's in an andretti team that is not good so he's the leading andretti driver um but that's only good enough for eighth in the championship right now the top six are dominated by ganassi and penske like you still have strong teams and weak teams and can only essentially beat your teammates so um he's doing that and winning the odd race but just not consistent enough compared to those teams to finish higher than the top eight and there's hardly any points once you go below third in the standings if you finish fourth in the indycar championship so right now there's there's five guys going for the title this weekend so two of them are going to finish fourth and fifth if you finish fourth you get the same amount of points for your super license as you do for finishing fourth in formula formula regional americas um or the formula regional european championship so see that's the thing that's 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 what's dumb about this whole thing is that um i don't think that's fair indycar you know deserves a lot more respect as a series um and I think it's I think it's nice. Like growing up, it was mega when I remember when one Pablo Montoya turned up in F one from, in, yeah. from I mean you know Indy was a lot different back then, but he turned up and everyone was like, "This guy's going to be amazing." And was it like his third race he nearly won in Brazil, and then it was Jos Verstappen that drove into him by mistake when he was being lapped. Do you remember that in Brazil? Yeah, or maybe a yeah, second yeah. race even. I was going to say it was early, wasn't it? It was it was like super super early into that into that rookie season he had. So it's always exciting when someone comes over from a different series because you haven't really spent every weekend watching him in the juniors, you know, like as well, you know, we see a lot of these guys, they're in the junior series. We watch them in F2 and F3 and you're like, oh, okay, it's that guy coming in. These guys, a lot of people won't have, have any, any reference to Colton Herter, which I was going to ask about is you've, you've met Herter a lot. You've spoken to him a fair bit. What, what do you make of him? And what do you think he'll be like? Cause I don't, I, the only time I've actually met him was when he accidentally blanked you at Daytona and then <laughs> you went and spoke to him. Um, yeah. And then I said, Hey, Hey, you know, Hey, how you doing? He was like, you know, he was like, "Oh, hey, yeah, you're right." Yeah. And that was that basically was when we it. Shouldn't have been where we were, should wasn't it? We'd we were in like the, like we were the, in like the victory, area. the victory lane bit, and people kept asking us what what we're doing there, and I was like, "I don't actually know." Um, <laughs> I just followed him in and pointed at you, and they were like, "Okay." Yeah, we, we managed to chat to Colton and Pato in there, so that's why I think they left. Let's go, but um, yeah, uh, he's a really nice guy. He's quite can be quite quiet at times, especially when he's you know, focused on 
actual racing stuff so i don't expect him to come into f1 and if he does get to come in and be this huge character straight away he'll really focus on trying to prove himself which is going to be you know a tall order um but he's you know speaking to different people that have worked with him like trevor carlin being one who put him through the junior careers um and then some of the guys in indycar um they really really rate him in the sense that he's still quite raw he's only 22 and it's just that he's been around indycar from a young age so he's this is his fourth season i think maybe fifth um but he's won races in every season and he has these hugely high peaks where he just looks you know head and shoulders above everyone which is what gets people excited he still has then the dips where he makes a few too many errors or he'll have a weekend he's had a couple that i remember watching where he's dominated and he absolutely should win it but things just aren't playing out the right way and the wrong time caution and things like that have dropped him back and he lets that get to him a bit and and then makes a mistake that means he doesn't maximize the result but um that's all there to be ironed out really and i think red bull are going well he's good like he's quick we want to see if that translates to an f1 car because if it does then we just have to kind of like smooth the edges up yeah yeah yeah. one thing i want to know i was watching a a compilation of some of his best moments um in indycar his dad is his radio guy isn't he Um, yeah um, spotter sorry yes yeah and their their radio communications are absolute gold because they basically they they it starts out as you would imagine and then because i guess the father and son thing it just gives them leeway they just in races sometimes they'll just be shouting at each other i think it's brilliant and obviously you know they get out of the car and they're fine you know he hasn't sacked his dad as a spotter yet so he's obviously fine but yeah great he's i think he's one of those guys that he'll be quite entertaining in races on the radio um which is always fun so um yeah hopefully he brings his dad with him um you know his dad obviously being a bit of a legend over there anyway um yeah his dad's won races in indycar yeah yeah. races as well yeah did he win an Indy, Indy 500, or did I make that up in my head? Oh, now you're asking me to look it up quickly. Um, Indy oh. 500 results. I can look it up. He did not win it. He's finished third and fourth. Oh, right, okay. Um, I thought I thought he'd won more. So maybe a bit of a legend's a stretch, but he's a, a name. He's a name out there. He, he won two races. Um, I can't, One looks like it was at Kansas. One looks like it was at Missouri. Missouri, um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, he's, he's, he's won two races in the past, and now, yeah, he... Um, kind of has his own team set up as well, but um, engineers or is the um, well, that's who that's that who Rossi with. Rossi won the Indy with Herta, didn't he? So uh, with Andretti, ah, yes, okay. this is going well for you. This is going badly. This little segment, of course, it was Andretti. What am I talking about with Herta? I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, which is which could be the tagline to the podcast. I don't know what I'm talking about by yeah. Nate Saunders. Uh, so I'm going to sit back and let let, <laughs> let Meadows talk. It was um to what. It was kind of right. Actually, no, I take it completely back, mate. You're right. It was a, it was an Andretti Herta entry. You were on ah, it. You were okay. On it. Yeah, I I was I yeah. was I was like I'm sure that was that was somehow correct. Good. Okay. Well, we were both 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 right then. Which is I the feel so bad do. that we can't remember things from just over five years ago already. Yeah, I mean that was about <laughs> seven lifetimes ago by this point. So you know, yeah, it was that was that was like three lockdowns and four years ago uh, and six years ago. So. Very true. Lawrence is uh, loving this sort of chat. So tell you what, Lawrence, tell us how much you love Monza before I have to run away. Oh, it's difficult because I do love it and I'm not going to be there. Tell us, Lawrence. (laughs) Tell us. Wow. Wow. Um, I'm going to miss Monza because I love the atmosphere there. Um, I miss the fact that you drive in and it's absolute chaos. Um, There's just Ferrari fans everywhere. Um, And it's a different type of chaos to Zandvoort, isn't it? Zandvoort's like organised chaos. Everyone knows where they're going. When you drive into that, we drive down a hill and then up up into the circuit. 
and you get in there, don't you? And it is just like there's policemen there who are basically just like shrugging, like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's like day one. That's like Thursday, and you're like, oh my word! Like, how's this going to play for the rest of the weekend? It's it's absolutely nuts. I just remember I always know have to make sure I'm good at holding the biting point because they just hold you on the hill yeah. for ages as you're coming up, and then just as you go, someone just walks across in front of you. Uh, oh, it's just it's, it's... <laughs> Italian. There's one thing because it was the same at Imola this year. One thing that is remarkable about Italian race fans. And maybe just Italian people in general is their 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 willingness to get run down <laughs> is remarkable. They're they're just like, no, I'm just gonna walk out here and we'll see what happens. Priority, you know? and, I think. Yeah, and you have to have your wits about you. And Imola was the same, that was up a hill, wasn't it? Going into the media car park. Just streams of people. No one's being organized. But then there's always a policeman in Italy who's like trying to organize and he's just blowing his whistle and just like but isn't doing anything. He's just blowing his whistle and he's probably like, Yeah, this is if my boss comes. <laughs> it looks like I'm. It looks like I'm a crop there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think we're probably going to get the the highs of the Daniel Ricciardo victory again at Monza this year, which means no, that he won't be doing a shoey out of my shoe again. Well, obviously I'm not there, so well, he can't do that. Yeah, exactly. But um, that's the reason he can't win because <laughs> of you. Well, yeah. that would be it. Would be impressive if, if a he won. That would be impressive. But b if he was able to do a shoey somehow out of your shoe, I'd be like, where'd you get these from? You've got a, a collection of Barretto storage. Shoes. Yeah. Exactly. Lucky shoe. But um, let's see. It kind of looks like it's going to be a Red Bull track, doesn't it? And that Ferrari are going to struggle. At least that's what Charles and Carlos are talking about. That it's going to be a difficult weekend for them. Um, so um, I'm interested just to see whether Mercedes are going to drop back again because it's a circuit that doesn't really suit them. Um, I think they will. And then if they do, then that probably means a comfortable Red Bull win, doesn't it? And comfortable yeah, Red but Bull I want to see how, I want to see how Alpine and Williams go. I reckon they're going to be rapid. Like I, Alpine, maybe even like challenging Merck if Merck really do struggle. Because that car is so quick in a straight line. I would love to see Alonso on the podium at Monza. I think that would be incredible. That would be cool. Yeah, that Great. would just be that would be mega. And also, just a quick mention about Alonso. He is driving like an absolute beast at the moment. I know I always joke that like he the best the best fifth position ever. But his form at the moment is is mega. He's it's, been so consistent. Is this just because he smiled at you, Nate, after you smiled no, yeah. at him? No, you shared a moment, didn't you? Max, Max, Max. Well, look, look, look. I've, he's a misunderstood man. That's all I'm saying. Have you know? been hanging out with <laughs> Andrew Benson recently? <laughs> the look you both gave me. Like, where's this from, Nate? Um, no, I'm just saying it would be good if he got, if he got on the podium. Okay? That's all I'm saying. Well, I'm looking forward That's to his saying. greatest race ever then. To, to a podium oh, yeah. Monza, I mean, yeah. You're never far away from that. It's always the next place. Um, but yeah, uh, what was I going to say? It couldn't have been good because I can't remember it. That's okay. Well, in which case, um, I'll call it quits because I know Medis has to go. And uh, presumably, do you have to catch a flight, Nate, at some point today? Yeah, later. Later this evening. Okay. In which case, have a great time in Monza, chaps. Um, and thanks, I look friend. forward to hearing all about it when you're back next week. Uh, thanks to everyone who is listening and for everyone who follow us on our social channels. You can do so at the Pad Hoc. You can read Nate's work on ESPN.com, Medicine's work on Mesa.com and my work on F1.com. And we'll do this again very, very soon. Bye. Bye. Network.